Hey guys, Lena here, and we are continuing in our podcast series in the uh, Gospel of Mark, and today we are going to cover two chapters, so I'm going to keep the comments to a minimum at the top of the hour and jump right into Mark chapter 11 and 12, and you can, of course, go back in iTunes and listen to the first, you know, 10 chapter series if you need to catch up, or you can just pick it up here. Uh, I've titled today's teaching, Better by the Power of His Word, and uh, we are seeing Jesus in all of His glory in the Gospel of Mark. We've seen Him um, rule over the winds and the waves and we've seen him um, just speak healing into people life into people and we have seen him just speak utter wisdom with authority and all to, you know leading up to in the last lesson we he gave the disciples a clear view of what he was here on this earth to do which was to go to the cross and to die for our sins that is who Jesus is he didn't just come to live a good life he didn't just come to give us hope that you know we can be better people he didn't come as a great prophet he came and claimed to be the son of God he came as God and he went to the cross after having lived a perfect life to pay the price for our sins. He died so that we would have life. And that is what we're Christians are so excited about. And if you know a Christian who's not excited about this, then tell them about Jesus. Because you cannot think about Jesus and not completely and radically have a, a transformation in your perspective and in your attitude. So if today you're facing an utter disaster in your life, maybe your life is in a disaster point. Maybe you know you're you maybe it was done to you. You didn't even plan on, on the trouble that you're in. You know, you were wronged by your spouse. You were wronged by your kids. You were wronged by your boss. And you feel completely victimized. I'm telling you, Christ has allowed these things in your life somehow to get you to listen to him, to look to him, to find him. Because only in him will you find the peace that you're looking for. I, um, I'm an ER doctor. I spend my time and my life taking care of people who are sick. And I have found that in our worst state, when we're at the deathbed, everybody sort of thinks about the Lord. Now, I want us not to get to that point before we start thinking about Him. So I'm urging you to put your hope in God. And the reason that I do these podcasts is to help you to do that. So I told you I was going to be short on the intro, and I lied, uh, so I apologize for that. But let's get into... <clears throat> chapter 11 where Jesus is getting close to Jerusalem and remember what happens in Jerusalem is that he is going to die and uh, this whole chapter this whole book is only 16 chapters we're at chapter today we're going to finish 11 and 12 so we're coming to towards the end we're in the kind of towards the uh, end of the second third I don't know how you want to think of it but but it says they drew near to Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives and Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them go into the village in front of you and immediately as you enter it you'll find a colt tied uh, this story about the colt was already um, prophesied in the Old Testament in the book of Zephaniah and it was going to play out basically they would bring a colt and not long ago we celebrated Passover or the uh, um, Palm Sunday where you know it's a remembrance of Jesus coming into Jerusalem well this is the story of it and Jesus sends his disciples and they bring in the colt and they uh, brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it and he sat on it and imagine a king on a on a donkey coming in and yet people are cheering the same people who would cheer him would two days later uh, crucify him and spit on him and so they um, enter Jerusalem and go to the temple and so uh, we're talking about Jesus better by the power of his word he rules over everything by the power of his word. And the, if you read the first few verses on your own, uh, you, you really this has been a theme that we have seen throughout the, the, this gospel. But we see it again, see, again here where uh, Jesus sends the disciples and says to them, Go into the village, and as you enter it, you'll find a colt, uh, untie it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, Why are you doing it? Say, The Lord has need of it. And so I, I see in that statement such power where God is like, speaks the word and it happens you know he and we've seen him speak the word over the waves that were 
storming and they quieted and we saw him speaking over trees that were withered and they bore fruit or died and we, all Jesus needs to do is to speak and it happens and, 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 and we see that power as he sends the disciples and, and um, actually I, I didn't read verse 4 and 5 it says they went away found the colt tied at a door and they untied it and some of those standing there said what are you doing untying the colt they told them what Jesus had said and they let them go and I'm telling you in your life if you start relying on the word of Jesus if you start relying on the power of his word instead of on what you think he should say or what you want him to say you'll see that, that this God who controls every living creature is the one who can bring life into your dead spaces and so uh, Jesus rules over everything by the power of his word there's not a disaster in your life that he can't speak into healing and so if he hasn't done it it's because it's not time yet it's because you haven't learned everything you need from that trial yet it's because he, there's more transformation in you and me to be done and so in due season that trial will pass but but if he wanted to he would speak power into your situation and, and listen to me sometimes he hasn't done it because we haven't asked him to and so may god give us the the boldness to come before his throne and say by god's grace i'm asking you jesus to please speak power into this and bring healing and there are situations in my life even as i record this podcast today i have a specific situation that i need the lord to speak his power into and i'm resting in him to do that actually there's many more than one but one has been kind of the acute you know how you have a lot of problems but one that comes to the surface this is the one that i'm in faith even now committing god i pray that you would speak your power into that situation whatever the outcome I rest in you in that. So maybe you need to do that to some area in your life. So he rules over everything by the power of his word, and that should give us such hope and rest. Here's a second thought. He overthrows wickedness by the power of his word. Uh, now we see him going into the... Uh, oh, shoot, I did this again. There's a few more verses that... Uh, in verses 12 through 14, it was... I didn't read them, but uh, this is why it's so important for you to go through this chapter on your own. It says, On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry, seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf. He went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. So that kind of enhances this uh, point number one. Now we move into the temple. In verse 15, they came to Jerusalem. He entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons and he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple and he was teaching them and saying to them is it not written my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations but you have made it a den of robbers we think of this meek Jesus who's nice to everyone. We think nice Jesus. But you know, Jesus, who was more than nice, he was truthful Jesus. And he was Jesus who exemplified hatred of sin and power over sin and a desire for purity in his house. And, and, and listen, if you're accepting a lifestyle of sin right now, remember that Jesus hates sin. And, 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 and make that move us to confess our sin and to repent and to live purely. Now the chief priests and the scribes heard him. They were seeking for a way to destroy him. For they feared him. They felt threatened. Because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. And uh, they were starting to plan his his killing. And um, But the point here about the power of his word. He overthrows wickedness by the power of his word. He, one word, one sentence. My house shall be called the house of prayer for all the nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. And they dared not fight him over this. And uh, I, I just think um, if you're struggling with sin right now, remember that. All it takes is a word from the Lord to overcome your your sin. And I think sometimes we belittle the power of Scripture. And if you would just take time to meditate Scripture, and when you're facing a temptation, use God's word. That is what Jesus did in Matthew 4. He, he faced the temptation, and the way that he fought it was not to try harder. He simply 
rested in the promises of God and fixed his mind and meditated on the word so that it overflowed into his life. And then we use his word as power over our sinful places. So Jesus rules over everything by the power of his word. He overflows wicked, He overthrows wickedness by the power of his word. And then he overcomes our doubt by the power of his word. It's not abnormal to have doubt as we're following Jesus. We see Thomas, one of the disciples with great doubt. We see the disciples were living with him day after day. And over and again, Jesus said to them, do not doubt. And so in verses 20 of chapter 11, it says, They passed by in the morning and they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Jesus answered him, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Love that verse. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. To you, see, a lot of us want to be like, Well, I asked, and it didn't happen. It says, whenever you, whenever you stand praying, forgive. Maybe you're not seeing answers because there's lack of forgiveness in your life against your brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. I just think this is awesome. Uh, God overcomes our doubt by the power of his word. He asks us to play, pray boldly, to ask specifically, and, uh, and, and, and I'm telling you, he promises that we will see results. And so let us, um, let us ask in faith. Let us not doubt in our hearts. Let us believe, have faith in God that his word is true. That if he tells us that he'll do something if we ask him, then let us take it seriously. And uh, let us make sure that there's no sin between us and, and our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, in verses 27 through 33, it says, they came again to Jerusalem as he was walking in the temple. The chief priests and the scribes and elders came to him and they said to him, by what authority are you doing these things? Or who gave you this authority to do them? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? Answer me. They discussed it with one another saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, why did you, then did you not believe him? But shall we say from man? They were afraid of the people for they all held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. And so uh, we're talking about being better by the power of his word. Here's point number four. He stands unquestioned by the power of his word. He stands unquestioned by the power of his word. Jesus didn't, he could have. Remember, he, he, he had already done so many miracles. In fact, a few verses before we see him withering a tree. I mean, had he wanted to, he could have cursed these people. And he could have done anything to, to shut them up. He could have muted their lips together. Wouldn't that have been funny? Like, you're talking too much. Zip. But he doesn't. He just speaks. And, and he stands unquestioned by the power of his word. One word to them. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't need to prove himself. He doesn't need to defend himself. He doesn't need to uh, show them his power with any action. He just speaks. And they're shut up. And, uh, um, you know, instead of using our own words to defend ourselves, maybe we ought to use his example and just let Jesus' words. Maybe we should just share his word more freely and, and, uh, and, and love those around us, confident in the fact that Christ will remain unquestioned because of the power of his word. And so, you, you know, I, I don't know. I think you can put in your application here. I just want to go through the remaining two points and, um, and just urge us to ask the Holy Spirit to use Christ's example to shape who we are and, and to just really ask him to change us into Christ-likeness. Uh, we don't have to fight with everyone. I find myself wanting to defend myself, wanting to defend my faith, wanting to defend my decisions. And Christ doesn't want it, doesn't need us to do that. I think um, just speak the truth. Speak it in love. Speak it consistently. 
speak it boldly, speak it unashamedly, and let the Word of God stand for itself. And I think that's all we're expected to do, even if people don't agree with us. I mean, in this situation, they wanted to kill Jesus, and yet somehow um, it wasn't God's time yet. And until it was his time, they couldn't touch him. And the same is true of you. You are safe in your workplace until God says you're not. Not when your boss says you're not. You are safe in your towns until God says it's not. It's time to, for you to move. Not when they say it's time for you to move. You are safe in your countries until God says it's time for you to be suffer persecution. He's the one who's in control of our lives, of our times, of our futures. He is the one in charge of our lives. May we never forget that. And then point number five, he will never be defeated because of the power of his word. He will never be defeated because of the power of his word. In chapter 12 of Mark, uh, Jesus is continuing his conversation with the uh, Pharisees who want to kill him. And he gives them this anecdote, this parable of a man um, who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a pit for the wine press, built a tower. Uh, when the season came, he sent a servant to the tenants to get from them the fruit. They took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. So he sends another servant. Uh, and they struck him on the head and treated him shamefully. So he sent another and him they killed. And so with many others, some they beat, some they killed. He had still one other, a beloved son. Finally, he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. They took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read the scripture, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And Jesus is doing so much here. He told them basically in this, he, he was replaying their history in this parable. He says, I sent you prophet after prophet, and you shut them up, and you killed them, and you beat them, and you rejected them. And finally, this parable was saying, finally, God sent his son, and you're going to kill him. But listen, listen, it's not over yet. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. And so he was basically telling the listeners, the Pharisees, the scribes, those who would kill him, that he was saying to them, you are going to kill me, but I'm going to rise again and God is going to destroy you. And then the good news is going to be spread to the Gentiles as well. And this is this is the gospel right here. I mean, this is crazy. This is amazing prophecy. And this is Jesus speaking truth. And uh, this is Jesus saying and, and, and speaking truth to them and, and never defeated because of the power of his word he is the chosen one he is the son he is greater than caesar he is oh uh, the, the remaining verses between 12 to, to 17 they try to trick him they say are you paying your taxes and 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 and, and uh um they say it's a lawful they, they, they basically bring up this irs issue and and knowing their hypocrisy says and why put why put me to the test bring me a denarius and let me look at it they brought one and says whose likeness and inscription is this and they said to him caesar's so jesus says render to caesar the things that are caesar's and to god the things that are god again using his words to speak truth using his word to influence others using the power of his word to show that he is greater than caesar that he is the awaited one that he is the one who yes might be killed but would rise again and rule over the world and this is incredible, incredible. And so if you think that Jesus came to be a nice guy, you're wrongly mistaken. He came to be the savior of this world. He came to die for your sins. He didn't come to set a good example. He came to be the sacrifice that would pay the price for your sins. He is the one that our hearts long for. He is the one we're waiting for. And um, so the conclusion is this. You must give him your everything because of the power of his word. You must give him your everything because of the power of his word. And um, in, in verses 18, I know this is a long lesson, but in verses 18 through um, the remaining of the, 
of the uh, of the of the chapter, basically, um, where there's a further discussion with the Sadducees. Again, they're trying to to get him to uh, be off track. They're trying to get him to to you know trip up in his words. And of course, he doesn't trip up in his words because he is the Word, and he wrote the book that they were studying. I mean, he was the book that they were studying. And and so one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, seeing that he answered them well, asked, "Which commandment is the most important of all?" And so Jesus says, "The most important is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one." And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Love God and love others. And, um, of course, they're, not, they're nowhere near accepting God's ways. And so they think they're there, and uh, Jesus doesn't engage in discussion with them. He just says, you're not far. When they kind of come back with a <coughs> rebuttal, he says, you're not far from the kingdom of God. And and uh, as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, how can the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself in the Holy Scripture spirit declared, the Lord said to my right hand, uh, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. I thought, put your enemies under your feet. David calls him, call, himself calls him Lord. So how is he his son? And the great throng heard him gladly. And in his teaching, he said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive a, the greater condemnation. Now, to, 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 to apply this truth. He says, he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. See, if you believe that Jesus rules over everything by the power of his word, as we've seen him do in the Gospel of Mark, if you believe that he overthrows wickedness by the power of his word, if you believe that he overcomes, he can overcome your doubt by the power of his word, if you believe that he stands unquestioned by the power of his word, if you believe that he will never be defeated because of the power of his word, if you're like, check, 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 then the conclusion is you must give him your everything because of the power of his word. Stop feeling good about yourselves because you've given him a small part or a big part or a 99% part. What God wants from us is everything. Everything that we are, everything that we have, we are his. We have been bought with a price he paid the price for us through his blood. Now our bodies are no longer our own. Our lives are no longer our own. We are his. Where he says we will go, what he tells us we will do. Oh, may we understand the reality of this truth. He is our Lord and Savior. We are his disciples and his followers. That is what it means to be a disciple. It is to give yourself completely to the Lord. And, and listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, I believe with all my heart that every trial we go through, Every difficulty we go through is our opportunity to be shown by God that there are some things we're still hanging on to. And and it's time for us to surrender. And so he's doing those things in my life. He's showing me some things that I'm still hanging on to. And I gladly say, God, take them. I want you more than I want those things. And if you're not in that place, then I pray that God would soften your heart that you would get to that place. And and, and if, if you don't even... If you haven't come to the point where you can say, check, 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 check. If you don't believe the power of his word, then I, I'm going to ask you this. Ask the Lord to show you the power of his word this week. Just say, God, if, if what you're saying is true, if your word is that powerful, speak your word in my life. Show me that your word is true. And let him do the rest. I have friend after friend who started at that point and are now completely 
surrendered followers of Jesus because God came through for them when they asked that prayer. God, show yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me. And so that's all God really expects is, is for you to ask him to show yourself. He won't force himself on you, but I think if you've tuned into this podcast, it's because deep in your soul is a hunger for more. And um, I pray that you will find that hunger satisfied in Christ. He is the one that our hearts are waiting for. And may we find joy in him. Hey, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Remember, my book Resolved is out. You can buy it on any of the uh, websites, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Ten ways to stand strong and live what you believe. If you want to be stronger in your life, if you feel like, man, I I, I just want to be encouraged that I'm on the right path. If you're like, uh, I want to stick out in this world. I want to shine for Jesus. Buy this book and be encouraged. You're not alone. There's a website we put together, IamResolved.org. Go on it. Read about the book. Watch the the skit, whatever, the, the promo things. There's some Bible studies. If you buy the book, you get a 10 week free DVD series to go along with it. It's yours. We believe it'll help you. We believe you'll enjoy it. And uh, be praying for me. There's a lot going on that God is doing. Pray for the radio ministry, Today's Single Christian. Pray for the work I'm doing in the Middle East. Pray for more open doors. Pray for more lives impacted for the gospel. Pray for God to be glorified through the teaching of His Word. And pray for deep joy in our souls as we seek to pursue Him and to glorify Him in everything we do. Hey, I'm your friend. Email me if you have any questions. Lena at livingwithpower.org. Lena, L-I-N-A at livingwithpower.org. Have a great week, guys. I'm praying for you.